0: at ton
1: World 100. Jonathan Davenport Take me off country roads. Josh Richards wins. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live.
2: track, and a pickup truck, and a box trailer, and they
0: will take the win in the World 100. Timmy McCready does it.
2: Tim McCready, can you believe you just won the World 100? Son of a bitch. How about that, huh?
1: If the world is a better place when Tim McCready wins a dirt late model race, turn how much better is the world when Tim McCready wins the world? This is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, October 16th. And what a weekend in western Ohio it was. We had to wait a full month to get to see the world 100 after a September rain out then we had to wait another 24 hours after a Friday rain that actually turned into snow In turn, I got to play this video this is from Roger Slack's Twitter uh, Twitter account the promoter at Eldora General Manager, this is like post-apocalyptic turn. This is Friday (laughs) night at Eldora. After the double rainout, you've got snow. You've got like some sort of Game of Thrones steam raising off the pond there. Uh, The weather was interesting this weekend, wasn't it, Turn? Yeah, it
3: uh, it was something, to say the least.
1: You look at that and you're thinking that is December for sure, Christmas Eve. It was October and mid-October at that. But the skies cleared up on Saturday. We ran the double, and as you saw in the open, a guy that for the most part... Everybody in our sport just, I mean, I think everybody just really loves for the most part. Tim McCready got his biggest career win, and a driver that has won the Chili Bowl has now also won the World 100. We will do a full Rosberg recap in the next hour, post-race reaction from McCready himself, our annual grab bag from the world, as I tell you the other seven or eight things that caught my eye during the weekend. And our own Todd Turner will join us for our pay attention segment Is the veteran journalist and I wrap up the 13-or-so-hour Saturday fair. A big thanks to everybody who tend to tuned into our live broadcast. Always fun working with Eldora Speedway's crew. Jonathan Bateman, Roger Slack, and Larry Bose, and everybody up in the tower. Thank you so much to those guys. Uh, turn overall just an interesting weekend we had to wait a month to do it for the first time in 28 years give me your take on the world 100
3: so i'm just going to give you a little piece a, snippet, I, a yeah, snippet a snippet because we're we're going to go over the other the other you know entirety of it uh but as i've said before on this show i usually try and take a break from switching and i go out and watch the b mains out on the catwalk out there where our uh camera operators are and I went out there, I watched one of the best B-Mains, B-Main of the year maybe, uh, B-Main out there. of the year! And, you know, I was watching one guy in particular. I was watching Jonathan Davenport. And he kept making his way up there. He got into the transfer position. And he was riding there and then moved up a little more after that late race caution. And I thought, okay, JD's in this thing. There's a chance that he's going to come from the back because the top was there. And, you know, I, you know he just never made it happen. And I was kind of surprised by that. So, uh... You know, I think everybody was kind of shocked by Tim McCready winning it. Uh, I would agree. I was shocked that Jonathan Davenport did not run better than what he did. Ultimately finished 24th
1: in that race. Turn, who steps in to switch for you when you take a break? I heard it is the hottest young (laughs) video director in America. Who is it, Turn?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to leave the guy on camera, I guess.
1: It's me. It's He's, me. It's if you called notice, art. it's called art. If you notice the first B main, <laughs> the way the camera calls were being switched, turn people. People. People are saying yes, turn. Yes, Everyone is yes, saying yes, yes. The crazy thing is, we have all this World 100 talk, and let's remember that in three days, the Dirt Track World Championship is here. Not only one of the longest running and most important races in our sport, Carl Short's annual tradition, but the Lucas Oil Series season finale as well. We won't have the championship drama that we had last year, the aforementioned Jonathan Davenport already clinching that title. We'll talk about that next week, too. Sort of a bizarre year to be a champion JD had. But we will do a deep dive, as we always do, with Mr. Carl Short himself. It's for the 10th year in a row. 10! Ten! 10th year in a row he joined. God, I'm getting old. He joins us on air for his DTWC preview. Turned big news as well. For the first time all year, Turn. Since all the way back in January, you are ahead in the Suave's Lock of the Week race turn. How do you feel? Let's go. <laughs> oh, boy.
3: I mean I mean my Sunday was not as good as it could have been. Oh, but, but Saturday night was as good as it could have been because I took the lead.
1: You finally. And what a time to take the lead. You don't want it at the beginning turn. You want it at the end. It was always going to be hard for Derek to win this bet. And uh, I think you're in good shape. We'll, we'll see what he's got. I will also empty the Kevin Kovac notebook at the end of the show. Preview the upcoming weekend and more. Let's get it started. Here we go with five things. Number one on five things. I think Tim McCready summed it up best in victory lane
2: when he said this. Tim McCready, can you believe you just won the World 100? Son of a bitch. How about that, huh?
1: (laughs) Son of a bitch turn. The season for Tim McCready has been pretty well documented. Last year, he nearly wins the Lucas Oil title. This year, it's been a struggle. Only one Lucas win all year. McCready himself clearly frustrated by not only the season he was having, but by his situation, rumblings of him leaving the Longhorn team at the end of the year, just nothing about this year has been easy for Mac. So I think I can speak for a lot of us when I say what happened Saturday night was surprising. While we all know McCready was capable of doing it, but to think he'd go out there and dominate the World 100 like he did, not nah, I don't think anybody thought this year under those circumstances that it would happen. But that's exactly what happened. With other guys banging off the walls late in the race trying to catch him, late restarts, the bunched guys up, none of that mattered. T-Mac, in a word, was simply better than every other car Saturday night. In a year of frustration and disappointment and questions about his future, McCready put it all aside and won the biggest race of his career on an October night at Eldora.
2: Well, I mean, I've been, like I said out there, I've been... Uh i've sat in the stands and watched the feature several times when we were off and uh this place is very humbling i mean i've been able to lay a lap down a lot here and, and get myself a fast time or right up front with that but to have a balanced car for 100 laps I've, i think the dream i thought we had a car capable when we were on six and i told myself I Man, we're pretty close and uh some stuff we figured out probably three weeks ago um transferred right to here and uh No, I'd probably, uh, I mean, heck, I've been coming here a long time and and hadn't got one. So after a while, you just, you know, it's not that you don't think you can win, but you're like, man, what do you got to do? And uh, I knew about lap 10 or 15, I thought we had something that was going to be special, but you just don't know. But, uh, you know, tonight was our night. We didn't know if McCready would win, but what we did know is that the victory lane would be
1: great, and it was not only the son of a bitch line, but the typical T-Mac clap for the crowd, everything else that went with it. There's just something about when this guy wins, people respond to it. They want it, and you could tell by the roar of the grandstand, this was a much-needed victory. Also, T-Mac, like I said, first person ever to win the Chili Bowl in the World 100. The world is a better place turn. Number two on five things, much has been made of T-Mac's trailer situation. You see it here in the pits at Eldora. Part of the frustration for him this year is that he hasn't had the big stacker that everybody else does. Instead, it's been a dually and a box trailer. His Sweeteners Plus hauler broke down earlier in the season. And the one he's actually been using since June is Justin Labanis. And while I may not go as crazy over this as some people do, it's a neat subplot. Look at the Polish victory lap turn in the box trailer in the Dooley. And then in 2018, a guy could win the World 100 showing up with that. You had Kenny Wallace talking about it Sunday morning on his Facebook page. You had social media exploding about the hauler situation. It just took on a life of its own. And McCready talked about it when the race was over with our own Ben Shelton.
2: Well, I mean, there's uh, no quit with us. Uh, <clears throat> I've said uh, said it before, and I don't mean to be mean to the other teams out there, but I don't think a lot of people would have kept going if they were going to do it the way we've been doing it. And uh, and that's not because they're, they're, they're bad teams. It's just uh, to do it the way we've done it probably five months is um, is hell. And, and it's fun when you're running good, but when you're bad and you can't find parts or you can't bring them or, or uh, you just don't have enough help, uh, You know, you just don't owe a lot to Justin Labani. Really, a lot to Philip and the guys, Matt and everybody at that entire shop. Kevin's here. Uh, Justin's been bringing more people, which has helped us. And and, um, it's the potential's there. I've always said the potential with uh, with my pairing with uh, with Longhorn is is there. We just got to figure out how to fund it better to uh, really get level with some teams. But um, tonight, it was enough.
1: Let's remember, the piece inside that box trailer is still really good. So let's not try to pretend this was a weekly guy winning the World 100. But I had to talk about the hauler situation. It just became such a historic subplot of the weekend. Number three, World 100 grab bag time. Here we go. You know what? If you're going to win your first ever super late model race, you might as well do it at Eldora. Ricky Thornton Jr. did just that. His first super win ever when he won one of those Saturday prelims. It reminds me of Jared Landers at the topless. That's the first time he'd ever won a super late model race also. Ricky is being talked about with some of those open rides that are coming up next year. Let's get this 20 in a race car full time. Speaking of first wins, for the first time in eight months, Josh Richards finally got off the skids and won a race as he was back in victory lane for the first time since Golden Frickin' Isle's turn. Still chasing that first Lucas victory or second or next, I should say. But he at least got back in the wind column at Eldora. Josh, another one of those guys being talked about a lot as the silly season approaches. There's also silly season talk that Tater Masters is going to fire something back up big with Masters built. They got a nice little bump of attention this weekend with Devin Gilpin, the Indiana driver, led the first 44 laps of the World 100 and hung around near the front all night and ultimately finished sixth. Good run for DG. Tyler Erb's white-hot fall continued with a third place in the World 100. Let me say this again. Turbo got third at the World. He tried banging the boards late to catch M- Tim McCready. Oh, Tim McCready too turn I like that. But it wasn't enough, but third in the World 100 for Tyler Erb, that's a big deal, people. Quick hitters now. How good was the first B-Main Saturday? People were tweeting at me during the race. Race of the year! Let's be clear, turn. This B-Main is not going to win race of the year, but look at this. There's five or six guys just mixing it up. That B-Main was flat-out awesome, probably the best pound-for-pound racing of the entire weekend. Dwayne Chamberlain had that bad wreck on Saturday night. Good news is it's only bruised ribs, easy for me to say. Remember, Chamberlain had to sit out with head and neck injuries in the past, so the fact that it's only ribs is a good thing. His season is likely to be over, though, after this wreck. Also, congratulations to Brandon Shepard, new track record holder at Eldora, 14.761. That was in the daylight, too. What is it with daytime racing this year? It's been incredible. Congratulations to Sheppy; He's in the record books for now. Let's hear some reaction from the other major players all weekend at the World 100.
3: I mean, it's pretty wild, honestly. Uh, our, our goal there is kind of kind of staying in the top five. Um, we got a really good start, and I kind of was able to move around the track there a little bit early and kind of figure out where the rubber was and wasn't. And I, I think that was probably more huge for me just once I got the lap cars. Um, I could kind of see where where i could go and where i couldn't and kind of make my moves off of that
2: oh it's just unbelievable uh to start on the pole and then get it jump up there and lead laps like we did uh just childhood dream you know i grew up here as a kid in them grandstands just like all these other little kids that come here and just dreaming about coming here and you know racing and then maybe making it and then you know leading laps so to get out front here man it was, it was surreal and then it was singing in, man, maybe we might have a shot at getting this thing.
0: I would just like to continue to do this and progress, you know. I I think if somebody knew me four years ago, they'd be like, golly, that guy's a weapon, you know. And <laughs> and fast forward four years, I've gotten better. So in four more years, if I've gotten better than what I have now, I feel like it would be something to be proud of, you know, and maybe you'd be a serious, serious contender every night.
1: One final note, I picked Chris Madden to win this weekend, and once again he is snake-bitten at Eldora with a break The winless streak for the 44 continues at the Dream and the World 100 for Chris Madden. Despite all the success he's had there, he still has not gotten it done in one of those two big races. That is it from Rossburg. Turn another World 100 in the books. Number four off the location of Rossburg, Billy Moyer Jr. called it an economic decision to skip the World 100 and go to the deep-fried 75 at Duck River. Turn these Moyers, they're smart dudes.
2: He's only got two more turns around Duck River. The checker flag is in the air. And your seventh annual Deep Fried 75 champion will be the 21 from Batesville, Arkansas, the Longhorn Chassis, uh, Billy Moyer Jr.
1: Winning the richest race of his career, Moyer Jr. led every lap at the Deep Fried 75, dominating the prelims Friday, and then leading all 75 circuits on Saturday for what really was an easy win overall. The Moyer family, you know, is always going to be linked to Eldora, Sr. and that whole Six Globes thing. But this was not an easy decision for Junior, but he talked about it afterwards. This was a pure dollars and cents decision to come to Duck River.
2: That guy up there asking why well, we're not at Eldora. The reason is because Mr. Harris here put up 14000 and we're that close. You know, it's hard to pass up a, a guy. We didn't have a good first night at Eldora, so we uh, thought we'd come here
0: and... Uh, he puts a heck of a payback. It pays like four grand for fifth. You know, a guy like me looks at that, and uh, it was a heck of a pay. But we had a really good car here. My guys work hard, but we, uh, you know, just trying to trying to come here and make a living. Luckily, we won the thing, and uh, you know, congrats to them guys, uh, Riley and uh, Victor. Both of them run good, so we, uh,
1: you know, good job to them guys. Turn one. Cool thing about this race: the heat winners on Friday were interesting. J.T. Wright and Jaden Frame. Went along with Victor Lee and Moyer Jr. C. and Frame are just names you do not see a lot popping up on big radar races like this. c Wright ultimately got sixth in the feature. Frame was 23rd. I dig that. It was cool to see those two guys run well. Finally, number five for as long as I can remember, Hagerstown Speedway has always had an October race to wrap up the season. This year, no different. The annual Hub City 100, 44 cars showed up for this race. A really good field. This is one of those... Great mid-Atlantic fields that you look up and down and you go, you know what? This is as classic Hagerstown as it gets. Friend of the program, Jason Covert, beat Greg Satterley, who also elected not to return Eldora. He took the lead right there when that guy spun on lap nine, that guy, and won $5,000 in his first ever Ultimate Northeast Series victory.
0: Well, uh, we went with a little bit tire combo, I think, than everybody, and the yellows were killing me. And then uh, – we were decent, and that one was by two runs. I got rolling real good, and I hit, the, I jumped the cushion, knocked a quarter, knocked a quarter panel in, and I lost a lot of my side grip. But it actually freed me up enough that uh, I was able to roll around that top again. So uh, it, sometimes things things work out uh, for the best.
1: Remember, this was the first season for the Ultimate Northeast Tour. Eight winners in ten races this year for them. And Jared Miley crowned the inaugural champion of the Ultimate Northeast Series. Nice little October weekend turn. That was five things. Racing's still going, man. We're not really that close to it slowing down either, Is as it is full bore ahead. I had some time at Eldora in between shows, and I talked to a lot of drivers kind of about this topic and crew chiefs and just industry people. And with the world being in October, it made it not feel like October. We are really less than a month away from the season kind of being over, the traditional season at least, the World Finals or or the National 100 or thereabout. But it doesn't really feel like that. It kind of felt like another big race weekend and that the season was just going to keep rolling on. But we're closing it out, really. Here in the next 30 days, we're putting a bow on this year. It's crazy. When you push Eldora this far back into the fall, you kind of forget about that, that, hey, we're like three weeks away from this whole song and dance being over. But I, I needed to kind of... Do a little more World 100 recap. Todd Turner and I talked a ton this weekend, just about a million things we saw, and that's what we're paying attention to this weekend a World 100 up and down recap. Our own Todd Turner joins me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Todd, we've got a a Tim McCready World 100 win. We've got the hauler situation. We've got the first World 100 run in the month of October in 28 years. Put a Todd Turner bow on this for me. What's your biggest takeaways from the Eldora weekend that was?
0: I think it might be just the mystery of uh, Tim McCready as the winner and it being, on one hand, you want to say it's unexpected. On the other hand, you're like, this is one of the best drivers in the sport. Um, and, you're, and yeah, you have the hauler thing in there and, and his ups and, I guess, mostly downs of this season. Um, I think that, that's the thing I really am trying to wrap my head around. What's, uh, where do we place this? You know, will we look back on this, uh, in 10 years as, as, oh, that was just another Tim McCready victory, or will it be, uh, kind of the surprise that I think some of us feel it is right now? Um, you know, at, the, at Florence, um, a month, well, I guess two months ago now, um, that, that first night McCready was so bad. I mean, he was, I remember him <laughs> running around the back in a, in a heat or a conzi or something, like, you know, trying to, trying to pass my for 11th or something and thinking, oh my goodness, he is, he is in trouble. And of course he came out the next night and won. Uh, so, uh, it, it is a little bit, uh, the sport is a little bit, uh, hard, hard to predict even when you're seeing it with your own eyes. So I think, uh, where, where this lands in McCready's career will be interesting, uh, uh, maybe down the road.
1: When you spend 13 hours at a racetrack in a day uh, like we did on Saturday at Eldora, there are plenty of non-McCready news items to key in on. Give me a few of those non-McCready World 100 takeaways.
0: Yeah, just a couple of things that jump out at me. I, you know, Brandon Shepard after the race, Kevin talked to him and uh, – and uh, he said something about Mark Richards was really like, well, I'm just going to give up and not, you know, <laughs> give up on this place. And Brandon was kind of like, no, no, we can't do that. We have to come back. But, but that's uh that's got to be demoralizing for that crew, especially here. There they set the track record that that afternoon, uh, and then just you know fade and really can't uh, can't be a factor at all in the main event. You know, I think uh, when that rocket chassis housecar pulls up on the World 100 victory stage, and it will someday, we know. Uh, it'll be uh, quite a celebration. Um, one other thing, uh, one of the no-shows, uh, Ricky Weiss. I hated that he wasn't there, and you know he had his problems with the technical inspection in the the first round back in September. Uh, he was uh, of the top 19 guys in our top 25. He was the only guy not there, and he's had such a good season. I really would have liked to see uh, see what he could have won, uh, could have done. Uh, especially considering he's won like uh, getting six weekends in a row, right. uh, wrapping up his season. But uh, too bad he wasn't there. Um, and one other thing, uh, Billy Moyer, and you you hear you hear you're, you're <laughs> hearing it here that he says it is his last time at Eldora. Now I'm saving this little piece of uh, audio and making <laughs> sure that we have this in case he reappears at Eldora. Uh and it it really is. And I know the, the talk about him slowing down or retiring or whatever has been uh off the off the judge of whether we were right or wrong about that. But uh but if it really is Moyer's the end of an era for uh Moyer at Eldora, that that's a big deal and uh and um We'll will hate to hate to not have him there next time for sure.
1: A couple of good points I think Todd makes there. Ricky Weiss I think he's literally not lost since the World One Hundred. He's won he's won a race every weekend since then. And the Moyer thing, I don't know. We'll see. Kevin Kovac has a little bit more on that this week. We'll see. Todd, it was the first World One Hundred in October in twenty eight years. I keep saying that twenty eight years. Give it your overall thoughts on the reschedule, and I thought the crowd ended up being really good for reschedule race, but just give us your overall thoughts on that, and just kind of the take on an October, much more fall-like World 100.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things, I I set my time clock by, oh wait, is this after the World 100, or before the World 100, (laughs) so... The last five weeks have just been, just been a mess. So, and it was kind of strange to be there and everyone's bundled up and it is October and it's clearly a different time of year than than the weekend after uh, Labor Day. So that was a uh, it was a little strange and and but 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 still really when I just stood there and watched all the people shuffling by and and everybody screaming and at the end of the night you know people oh all the <laughs> all the yelling and walking around the track it's like well this was the World 100 for sure. Um, one thing you, you just got to give the track, uh, give the track credit for kind of putting their heads down and getting this done. I mean, they they had everything thrown against them, you know, basically a hurricane and uh, the first time around, and and of course uh, the the demoralization of getting rained out on Friday this this weekend uh, to really get that done and still pull off a, a successful event and still uh, you know somebody's holding up the globe trophy at the end. It was it was a. A big credit to those guys to get all that stuff done. The
1: biggest winners and losers of World 100 weekend, who are they? Uh,
0: the winners i all, all just lump together the first-time starters, and yeah. and I'll give a little promo to uh, the Quick Time segment tomorrow. It's going to uh, delve into that. Uh, Tyler Herb, of course, finishing third. Gilpin was uh, sixth. Young Hands was 11th, and Thornton was 15th. And specifically, I'm going to talk about Thornton and Gilpin Uh, Of course, Thornton, uh, in the afternoon, won won his biggest late-mile race, won a $10,000 prelim there. Um, You know, and that's great for him. I really had high hopes for him when he jumped in that car with Hudson O'Neill recuperating him from his shoulder surgery. And, uh, you know, I'm big on Thornton. I mean, I've seen him, uh, you know, we've seen him running in Arizona a lot, and, and uh, he just seems like when he gets in the car, even if it's not the not the best equipment, he really performs well. So I was glad to see him get going, and maybe he can uh, even have a little more success at the end of the year. And then Gilpin, of course, you know, leads 44 laps, which, you know, and a lot of times you have that guy who gets up there and leads at the beginning, and, and then he fades, and all of a sudden, oh, he finished 20th, you know, or whatever like that. Well, Gilpin wasn't that guy. He was right there gutting it out. Now, he did slip to six, and I'm sure he would have, uh, love to finish a little better, but but what a strong run to to run among those guys and finish sixth, lead those laps, give uh, give Masters built uh, a big shot in the arm that chassis manufacturer from Indiana. So uh, good to, good for both those guys and really all the first time starters. Um, and the losers, uh, I'll touch on them briefly. And I don't know the losers is just the guys who didn't have a good weekend. Madden, uh, Chris Madden ended a streak of nine straight War One Hundred starts. Um, and, you know, we kind of always list him as the best to never win the World 100 or one of the best drivers never to win at Eldora. But he's still looking for a top five in the World 100. That's kind of hard to that believe. That is hard to believe. Um, yeah. And then uh, also the losers, all my poor Kentucky drivers. I mean, kudos uh, <laughs> to Michael Chilton for making the race. But to, but especially Darrell Lanigan, uh, Kentucky guy, yeah, who kind of think is a lock uh, every time. He's been in every – been in every War One Hundred going back to 2006. So, uh, so to, for him, see him on the scra- stage in the scramble was uh, was a big letdown for him and, and all his fans for sure.
1: The Dirt Track World Championship is this coming weekend. Offer some Todd Turner perspective on the DTWC, not just this year, but sort of historically. How how do you, a guy who's seen everything, how do you view the dirt track?
0: You know it's 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 just so etched into that pinsboro yeah. history <laughs> and uh and I think for for some of us uh um you know it was a little bit of a different race than uh, for other parts of the country. it was so tied to that part of the country with pinsboro and West Virginia, and sure, a lot of people made that trek and such but but that th- those people those early fans they have owned this race and it's uh and it's interesting now here we are really half the race's life now has been spent at other tracks. Uh and so it's it's a race that's kind of uh in with some part uh been trying to kind of keep its identity or find its identity. Of course Carl Short, uh, the founder is, is has has mixed it up with a few things. He's had big purses, now we're paying a hundred thousand to win. We got the double heats. Uh and really it's the Lucas Oil finale which paid off big for him last year to have such a tight points chase. But it, it's a race uh it's a race that uh interestingly enough Portsmouth now will be the is the second uh, the second longest home to the to the race, so so some uh, folks of a certain age kind of probably think it's a Portsmouth race, so it's it is kind of settling in there uh, and interesting uh, when you lump that in with Ohio. This year we have the Dirt Track World Championship at Portsmouth for 100000 Of course, we have the Dream and the World 100 at Eldora up there in Rossburg. And then the Dirt Million this year at Mansfield. I mean, boy, the big money was, uh, was in Ohio this year. And that's uh, not always, ident- especially for you Illinois guys, you don't identify Ohio as the uh, the, the heart of the, the racing world sometimes, but this year, uh, money-wise, it certainly is.
1: Todd, who's your winner this weekend? Last question. The winner of the Track World Championship is who?
0: I like Jimmy Owens, and I, I kind of – Owens and McCready, they're uh, one-two at the world. Maybe that's reversed, uh, but I feel like McCready might be in the mix. But uh, Jimmy Owens has had too many uh, good runs that uh, that have gone south not to, not to uh, get one to really uh, – really clinch his season here, so uh, to get a six-figure payday would be huge for him. That
1: is actually my pick as well. Great minds, Todd. Great minds. Thanks. Thank you very much, man. Good World 100 wrap-up and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, buddy.
0: Thanks for calling. Bye.
1: We've got an Ohio Crown Jewel sandwich. World 100 this past we got a lot of money in Ohio, like Todd said. World 100 this past weekend. Dirt Track World Championship coming up. I wanted that to be the basis for this week's Twitter question. What is What is the best part of the DTWC. I'm leaving this open-ended. What could possibly go wrong? But you answer it. The best part of the Dirt Track World Championship at Dirt on Dirt. Hashtag Late Model Live. Is it the fall weather? Is it the scenery? The bridge in Portsmouth? Is it a Carl Short sweater turn? It could be that. You tell me. We will be back after this on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live.
2: Probably the best product on the market. I mean, we've had zero failures. We've never had a failure. All the holes we can hit, they never break. Are you serious?
4: It ain't like they just help the big teams. They help everybody.
2: You know, I'm extremely happy and don't ever look at having nothing else on my car. Your champion is Jimmy Owens here in Knoxville nine years of trying, Scott Luquist finally a Show Me 100 winner Lucas Oil Speedway.
0: The rocket chassis, Howard Saturday, dominates in Baspega County. Tonight here at Trying City Speedway, Brian Shirley wins. And Alba turn number four, is fourth of the season and sweeps the weekend. Brian Shirley wins in they County. And now through turns three and four, it's gonna be Scott Luquist winning his eight dirt late model three. half a lap to go for Ross
1: Bales to go two in a row on a weekend show here at KOC 2018. He comes off a turn number four and checkered is in the air. Ross Bales wins Carolina. The turn I told you Ross Bales was going to win last weekend. Derek needs to listen to me more. He doesn't <laughs> listen to me enough. He needs to go with me on these locks. Congratulations to Bales on that king of the Carolinas win. KOC is the announcer mentioned. Turn what is the best part of the Dirt Track World Championship? That was the Twitter question. The Twitter answers are... They might have been
3: a little biased
1: in picking them. I don't know. Maybe. You, you take the first two for me. Turn, it was one of those things where I think I might have to sneeze, but I'm not sure. So okay. i need you to take these Twitter questions. Okay.
3: okay. All right. So our friend Corey... Con- <laughs> there it is, turn, is. yes.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it, oh, just take the first two. I feel so good.
3: All right. Corey Conley uh, says, steak on a stick for sure. Woo. I agree. I agree. It is, it is good. Uh, Let's see, Gibby's DTRN. Dirt Track Racing Nation, LLC. There you go. Uh, the history of the whole race is mind-boggling. I would agree with that. I mean, it's the it's one
1: race It just, even more in the World 100 in a way, it's got this mystique about it that is, uh, I completely agree with Gibby. Turn, I'm sneeze-free. I can continue okay, with this one. Okay, there you go. Uh, Matt Vallee says, love the format and, of course, the river. Nice use of emojis there, by the way. Is, that, is the third one a bean? What is that? I, I potato <laughs> the river is a restaurant in Portsmouth, by the way, a very famous place. Uh, politicians would go there during campaigns and stuff. It's a local haunt uh, that you'll definitely want to check out if you're in Portsmouth. I think it's a bean. I don't know what that is. I think it's a potato. A potato! That's a weird-looking potato, Taryn. And uh, finally, number four is Roy Downing. The history of the race, particularly the Pennsboro years. We could go on and on about the history of this race and the Pennsboro years. Uh, I would just say, too, now that it's been at Portsmouth, that bridge in the background, you see that steel bridge in the background connecting Ohio and Kentucky. It's pretty cool. You can get a shot from the front stretch of a car pitching it in there and you see that bridge in the background. It is, it's a very unique place, uh, and I look forward to this weekend. Turn, the world is in the rear view. The, the DTCCC. Oh, boy. Take, take two. two. <laughs> the, the, the sneezing, and I threw my language off. The DTWC is coming up. Let's take a look at this week's JRI Shocks Top 25. Turn, you know what? You take one through ten here, too. Oh, my. First time ever. I'm rattled right now. One through ten belongs to Michael Reiner's game. All right. Uh,
3: do we have a new number one this week? No, No. but, but Jimmy Owens does get quite a few more votes here. So
1: I voted for number one there. I said it. There you go. He was on number one on my ballot this week. So,
3: uh, top three there. We've got Brandon Shepard with the five first place votes, Jimmy Owens and Jonathan Davenport still receiving a vote. Uh, Chris Madden, Scott Bloomquist, not much movement else there. You know, Bobby Pierce there at 7th. Uh, Tim McCready up to 10th, up
1: 6 spots. Just leave it on the screen for a second. Up 6 spots. I'm interested to know who, who voted Jonathan Davenport number 1. Did not have a good World 100 weekend. Yeah, nothing it's an interesting, interesting to vote. Show. I agree. I, I love JD to death. There's nothing against him. I just, I'm surprised that somebody still has him number 1 in their poll. It was not me. 11 through 20. EPJ, Tyler Erb, only gets a spot The kid is hot, hot, hot right now, white hot. It only gets a spot after finishing third in the World 100. Brian Shirley falls five spots. Chad Simpson, turn, goes from unranked. He wins at Wheatland this weekend, clinches the MLRA Championship, and goes from unranked to 20th. What do you think about them apples?
3: Uh, That's that's a big jump. And I, I, I actually just pulled up the top 25 on my computer to make sure that there was not a typo on my end. Tyler Erb. There is not. He only moved one spot. uh, I find that very
1: surprising. uh, I'm a little surprised as well. It's late in the year. Uh, Voters are a little punch drunk right now. 21 through 25. No ties this week. Paige Clanton Blair. Billy Moyer Jr. joins the poll after his win at the Deep Fried 75 and Zach Dome hangs on to that number 25 location i mentioned portsmouth i mentioned the dirt track world championship we will of course be there full coverage all weekend long our friends at lor tv are live this weekend we will be there with our race days our previews our highlights our reaction our live updates full normal on-demand dirt on dirt coverage this weekend from us uh one thing they're dealing with right now it's pretty rare the river came up twice this year at portsmouth of course everybody knows That PRP floods. That happens every year, but not always in the fall. You're going to hear Carl Short talk about that in a second. So it's been a busy week at PRP getting ready for the Dirt Track World Championship. But given that, we could not have Carl on live tonight. We had to record it early in the afternoon. He's trying to dry that place out. But here it is for the 10th consecutive year, our DTWC preview with Carl Short. Many times in my Dirt Late Model life, I've either been in the stands at Eldora or up in the tower and have heard the very distinctive voice of Carl Short booming over the PA system as he promotes the Dirt Track World Championship that is coming up typically a month later. I didn't get to hear that this past weekend because Carl could not be in attendance, or at least I didn't see Carl in attendance because the DTWC wasn't a month away, but the Dirt Track World Championship was six days away. He can't be in western Ohio when he needed to be in southeastern Ohio prepping for the Dirt Track World Championship. I did miss not hearing him there, though, but we'll try to make up for that now. Joining me on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is a guy who's been coming on our airwaves for a decade this year now, a full 10 years, which is unbelievable. Promoter of the upcoming DTWC and friend of the show, Carl Short. Carl, this is the 38th running, 38, of the Dirt Track World Championship this weekend at Portsmouth Raceway Park. Does it sneak up on you every year? Meaning, here we are in mid October again, the years just seem to fly by, and the event is here. Now that you've done this 38 times, is it still kind of sneak up on you every year, Carl?
4: it does mike actually uh, the older you get the more it sneaks too by the way michael wait till you wait till you get about 20 years older and you'll say holy cow where did the year go you know
1: i believe that so it's, I'm, I'm glad i'm not the only one even as the guy that puts the race on every year you're kind of shocked when it's october every year aren't you
4: absolutely and by the way uh you mentioned not being in eldora last week you're correct i wasn't and i probably missed being there <laughs> Just as much as anybody there might have missed me, that is for sure. I I hated to miss it, but uh, like you said, I had other things that I needed to be taken care of. So actually, uh, though, Michael, my son did fly over. He uh, came up, Gerald Newton had to go to a wedding in Campbellsville, Kentucky, and and, uh, my son flew up and picked him up at Versailles and took him down to Campbellsville and then flew him back to Versailles and... So he took some pictures for me, if nothing to help. <laughs>
1: I've, I've yet to get a ride in that plane of your son's, but I'm going to before my time here in the dirt track world is over. So, uh, Carl, we just had a World 100 where Friday night there were snow showers at Eldora. Whether it was Pensboro or anywhere else, what are the wildest weather situations that you've ever had? Because last year, if you recall, it was 70 degrees and sunny. I remember having short sleeves on and thinking, wow, this doesn't really feel like the dirt track. What is the craziest weather stuff you can remember for the DTWC off the top of your head?
4: Well, I can pretty much remember uh, snow showers at Pennsboro, uh, uh, freezing rain, and then, of course, uh, you were at Lawrenceburg, I, I was, think, my own, I was. And you know what that was like. <laughs> so there's there's been some real dandies, I'll tell you
1: that. Do you ever have one, Carl, where you thought, like, in the middle of a snow or a rain, did anything really ever shock you, like there was no chance of rain and then it rained, or it was supposed to be 70 and then it was 30? Because October, it can happen like that. Do you remember anything like that?
4: Well, as a matter of fact, actually, I do. Um, it one dirt track i was at uh, ohio valley raceway on friday night michael and getting out all the last minute stuff i could get out and trying to get people out to pinsboro course and and i left ohio valley at about midnight and on the way home the weather forecast was zero percent chance <laughs> of rain tomorrow i said well boy that's great well uh i get up the next morning and start out to Pensbur and ten percent chance of rain. I got to Pinsburg about seven o'clock and about ten or fifteen minutes after seven, it started raining and didn't stop until like two or three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. Michael, so uh,
1: the life of a promoter, right?
4: <laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm telling you, I, I mean, I couldn't understand uh, how they could miss it. You know, I mean, a shower, right. you know, sure. But, I mean, just to have a steady rain on, where did that come from? <laughs> I uh,
1: I had to look at this to confirm it, Carl, because it kind of surprised me a little bit. But this will be the fourth year now that you've paid $100,000 to win for this race. You started back in 2015, and you said that year, you know. This might not be something that we do forever, but you 've kept it going now uh, four years ago. what's gone into that decision? Obviously, the event, uh, the event must be doing well at Portsmouth, but you didn 't make any promises on the hundred grand, but here we are now, four years in a row, you 're sticking to it.
4: yeah, I, and quite honestly, there, Michael, I am not sure myself. I mean, it just seems like there's something magical about that hundred grand thing. Um, and I have thought many times, in fact, I even did prior to doing it, maybe, uh, paying 75 and putting the rest back through the pack somewhere or something. But it seems like with race fans, at least there's something magical about hearing that hundred thousand to win. And I guess Earl had that same opinion when he did it with the uh, dream, of course, but. I don't know. I mean, we might look at it yet. I mean, it's just hard to say, Michael. And the same thing uh, while we're on the subject with the Hillbilly. I paid 50000 to win the Hillbilly 100 this year because it was the 50th annual, and I just felt like it deserved that. But now next year, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, it might go back. might go back to, like, 25 or 30. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see.
1: We've talked about this before, the fact that you are an old-school promoter. You still fly. You mentioned Ohio Valley back in the day with flyers. You still flyer. You still hand out trifolds. You still make phone calls. If I had told you back in 1981 that there would be Facebook and there would be Twitter and that you'd be able to watch these races live and everything else with technology – you probably would have thought that I was a crazy you probably thought would have thought that I was a crazy person. So how do you blend the old school stuff, Carl, and the new school stuff? How does a guy that's lived in both eras blend those together and still manage in 2018?
4: Not very well, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you won't believe this, Michael. I never made the first ETWC flyer this year. Really?
1: That's is that the first time I, ever?
4: First time ever! Wow! Absolutely! Yeah. So, so you younger guys would be real proud of me. I would hope. After <laughs> you know, everybody calling me an antique and a throwback and all kinds of other stuff, but I did not uh, make the first flyer this year. Depending on I
1: like the flyering, though. What 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 went into that decision, Carl?
4: Well, several things actually, Michael. Most of the people that I give one to will either reach in their car or reach in their motor home and pull out one from last year. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, well, you know, 99% of them know about it anyway. So I'm going to lay off of it for at least a year or so. And, uh, you know, that was basically why that's like the first place that, uh, you know, I ever, ever put a flyer out when i announced the dtwc in 1981 i started at east bay raceway and um now i'll be at east bay handing out flyers at the gate and oh yeah i got some of those from last year (laughs) and you know it's basically the same people over and over and over and i don't know i just decided maybe it was time to lay off for a year or so
1: all right. Well, next year, I'll help you pass them out if you bring it back, okay? You have my word on that. At East Bay, I will help you pass them out, so...
4: I will hold uh, uh, you to that. All right.
1: That. Okay. Not, you know, I'm not saying for, like, five hours. Just a little bit of flyer time you can have from me, so... <laughs> I, I've been doing Dirt on Dirt for 11 years now, Carl, and arguably the biggest thing that I have learned in this industry is that your relationships carry the day. The bond that you build with people, the trust that you have in people, it seems like you... And the Rayburns and the Colmans have a pretty good relationship with each other. And that Carl Short and Portsmouth Raceway Park, this will be the – now, other than Pennsboro, Portsmouth will be the second longest tenure of any racetrack where the DTWC has been. It seems like that relationship is strong. Is that – I'm reading that from the outside looking in. Is that a correct way to put that?
4: Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, if it wasn't, Michael, this wouldn't be the seventh year, you know, that has been held here at at Portsmouth Raceway Park. I mean, it's uh, several other racetracks have done everything they could to try to steal it away. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you said, we've got a pretty strong relationship. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know how long it'll stay here. I can't say. I know that uh, not unlike me, Tim Coleman's getting a little older. And he told me yesterday, he said, I think I'm just getting too old for this. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the the flooding deal, moving everything in, moving everything out. And actually, after the first flood that they had here in September, I guess, he started, uh, you know, I think the track actually was underwater a couple of weeks that time. And he started moving stuff back in. And I said, aren't you being just maybe a, Hair premature you ought to probably wait a little bit and oh they're saying it ought to be fine and he got everything moved in and less than a week later he had to move everything back out again here come another flood
1: Yeah, it's uh, of course, everybody in the late model world knows the history of Portsmouth. It's a track that every year floods, that Ohio River there. So that's a credit to Tim and and Donna and everybody there. If you want to race at Portsmouth, Carl, you really got to want it. You got to love dirt track racing, don't you? Because I'm not sure there's a lot of promoters that are willing to go through what they go through with the – think about that. Your racetrack floods every year, and every year you still have racing. It's pretty incredible, really, isn't it?
4: Oh, it is a labor of love, Michael. I mean – Like you said, you have to be dedicated, and, of course, you mentioned it does it every year. Usually, it's the spring of the year. I mean, very, very rarely you have it happen in, you know, September or October, and also very, very rarely it happens two times that fast. You know, it's usually it comes up, and when it recedes, everything's good to go, but it sure wasn't that way this year.
1: Last year we had that incredible Lucas Oil points championship at the dirt track, Uh, three guys going down to the final night. James Essex and I were had all our fingers and toes up in the tower calculating who was where, who was where the points. We won't get that this year. Jonathan's the champ, but what is something that you hope that we do see this weekend? I know you never have a rooting interest, but what is something Carl Short would like to see on the track this weekend?
4: Well, I would, I Quite honestly, would love to see an unexpected winner like pretty much what is what happened at Eldora last weekend. I don't think too many people had picked uh, Timmy Mack to win, but he sure came through, and I know it made a, a lot of people happy, by the way, <laughs> and uh, I would love to see something like that here, Michael.
1: Our very own Derek Kessinger made me laugh this week, Carl, when we were looking through a bunch of old Dirt Track World Championship video. And he was pointing out that over the years, your sweater game, the sweaters that you wear, has been very strong over the years. The colors and the styles, they've changed a little bit. But overall, the sweater game of Carl Stewart is incredibly strong. The question Derek wanted me to ask you is how many of those kinds of sweaters do you own? And what will you be going with this weekend for the 38th Annual Dirt Track World Championship?
4: I have no clue, Michael. <laughs> I, I, I probably am the proud possessor of at least 100 sweaters. Oh, wow. And I, pro- I probably wear six or eight all the time. So, I mean, it's it's hard to say.
1: Uh, here's what I'm requesting this weekend. Can, are you? You're. Are you. Of course, you're already at Portsmouth, so you've probably packed already. I wanted you to bust out a new one this year, perhaps. Is there? Is there any t- chance of that in the next year or two? Maybe one that you've had tucked away for like five or six years, Carl. Can we bring it back out? Is that possible? Oh, well,
4: possibility might. Right. In fact, I. I know I have. <laughs> I have uh, actually some T-shirts that are, thirty-something uh, years old, and I. I'm pretty sure I have some sweatshirts or hoodies that are about that old, so maybe I'll have to break one of them out.
1: Gerald Newton is missing a huge opportunity at Arizona. Here, he should actually sell Carl Short replica sweaters. Turn in, in the, in the, uh, the Arizona Sports shirts T-shirt trailer. Carl, and you've got to keep all the royalties. Don't let Gerald keep a percentage on those. You get to keep all those, okay?
4: <laughs> you, you know how Gerald is. <laughs> That, that would be hard to do, Michael.
1: Yeah, good luck with that one. Good luck with that one. Exactly. exactly. Carl, you've been on the show nine times. Nine times you, will, you have not given me who will win the Dirt Track World Championship. But here, for the sake of posterity, I'm going to go for it for a tenth time. Who wins the Dirt Track this weekend? <laughs>
4: uh, Michael, actually, I did this on another radio show the week before the world. And I was so far off <laughs> until <laughs> until I hate to say, but some of the guys that have been, uh, you know, really strong lately, Devin Moran, of course, uh, maybe Bobby Pierce, uh, you know, I, like I said, I want to see somebody that will be a totally, of course, I mean, you couldn't say either one of those would be totally unexpected, but I mean, I think it would be great to have a first time winner and. And uh either one of them would be, so that would be fine too
1: for the for the record turn that's ten years in a row he didn't make a pick he's yeah. so Carl is so slick at not making a pick. he almost makes you feel like he did make a pick though <laughs> Carl, have you ever been a politician? Mm-hmm. You've had to run for office somewhere haven't you uh,
4: never had Michael. <laughs>
1: I don't buy it, Turn This guy's guy's been a mayor somewhere.
4: never, (laughs) Never have and never had the desire to, just to be honest.
1: For the 38th time in Dirt Late Model Racing, an October weekend will be filled with campfires, racing fuel, and the Dirt Track World Championship as the Lucas Oil Series will end their season at Portsmouth Raceway Park Friday and Saturday. Don't forget there's Thursday racing action at the track also for the DTWC. Carl, we look forward to it as always. Derek and I and Kevin and uh, Steve and Allie will be out there this weekend. Good luck. I know you guys had some challenges with the weather so far and the wet grounds. I know you're working your butts off. Good luck this weekend. I think it's going to be a great show. and We'll see you on Friday, buddy.
4: Thank you, Michael. Bring warm, pretty weather with you. <laughs>
1: I'll do my best. We will take another commercial okay, break coming you, up. and uh, but Thank you, Carl. Back on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live after this.
0: Mark Martin Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy. GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Late model race in Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast, parking by my butt here, Ryan, it's just, it's just a really fun time.
1: It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile,
0: two to go, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler M. Flying job, Merv. Can he pull it right? Yes, again, back to the race lead, and wins, and takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year. It might be fifty.
1: Is your company looking to reach more racers and businesses? Is your race team unable to attend that important trade show? If so. Now is the time to join The Drive. Poised to revolutionize the trade show experience through its virtual and mobile-friendly platform, the Direct Racing Industry Virtual Expo is set to air live November 8th through the 10th, 2018. The Drive is free of charge and features virtual booths filled with photos, video, live chat, and much more from many industry-leading companies. To attend The Drive free of charge or to register as an exhibitor, visit Visit us at thedriveexpo.com. Take me on
0: country roads. Josh Richards wins the Lucas Oil Late Monitor Series Championship at the Dirt Track World Championship in the same night at Portsmouth Raceway Park.
1: It was a big night at Portsmouth last year for Josh Richards, not only winning that thrilling three-way Lucas Oil title chase, but grabbing $100,000 for the DTWC. All told, that was a $175,000 night. Ohio cold October night for Josh Richards. This year will not end with a title for Josh, but that was a big moment in his career. For Turn's Turn this week, it's pretty interesting. It started with one idea, and then we're kind of putting the show together, and then we've got like a list of 20 other things (laughs) that we're going to introduce into Turn's Turn after he finishes his segment for Turn's Turn. Um, I hate to use this term, but I'm going to. There's a term that exists out there. Turn, Turn, not my term. I did not invent this term. But there's a term that exists out there that's called uh, basic bitch, I believe, is the term. Yes, basic that would, B. That would be Henceforth be called basic B from here moving forward. Um, you'll have to see. Uh, this week's turn's turn. A little sorry.
3: different. Sorry. Something different. Yeah. yeah, a little something different. <laughs> so... Yes, basic B's.
1: Basic B, henceforth. Yes. We
3: decided to kind of flip it and do kind of a basic race fan type of deal. Well, uh, in honor
1: of – it's fall. In honor of – Girls drinking yes, pumpkin spice yes, lattes. Yes. Turn, you got to set these things I, I'm, up for, for I'm the folks, I'm working up you know? to it. In honor of the pumpkin spice lattes yes. and the flannels and the scarves and the ladies in Starbucks, yes. Yes,
3: so we picked a few things that, you know, typical racetrack fan – race fans do – at the track, uh, typically during the the fall, but we're going to read off a couple others that sure. uh, you know don't include that. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna flash my list up there, and we're gonna start up at the top <laughs> where it is very very common. And a basic race fan thing to buy the World One Hundred t shirt. Would you agree with that? Uh, the totally, World One Hundred winner. Totally,
1: t-shirt. totally agree. The guy that wins the race surrounded by people buying us is a very basic B thing to do, yes.
3: Yes. Uh Bush Pumpkin Spice Lattes. Uh, they actually I don't think they actually make pu- pumpkin spice beer, but uh they, Bush lattes fit into that. That's they do
1: the, make pumpkin spice beer, but Bush light do. bush light is the is, basic bee of race fan yes. beer. Yes,
3: yes. Uh yes. so this is a fall thing related to that uh when it starts to get cooler at the racetrack you see a lot more camouflage like heavy warm hunting gear you know that you wear uh if you're a deer hunter or something out there in the cold and so you start seeing more of that you start seeing the blaze orange and stuff like that come out at the racetracks uh gossip about silly season we know that the basic bees like to uh, do a little (laughs) bit of gossiping and so gossip about silly silly season is a is another thing there uh, the portable propane heater in the stands. Oh, I was love this. That yes. is a good one. That is a good uh, one. When we head to uh, East Alabama for the National One Hundred, there will be no less than eight of these in the stands somewhere. <laughs> oh,
1: over. I'm taking the over taking on the, eight. I'm taking the high <laughs> taking over. Taking the over on eight. Yes.
3: Uh, and then this one was maybe more race car driver slash pit crew guy, but waiting at the lineup board before the lineups are posted. So you're you're waiting there. You're waiting for someone to come in and actually post the lineups. Uh, that's that's a typical thing. You want to? Do you want to do the reading? I do.
1: There's some. Uh, you can follow along with me here in our Slack channel. Slack is our <laughs> communication system. Uh, it, they started pouring in after yes. we started working on the show. <laughs> Todd Turner says, "Sit with the same people in the stands for 20 years. Show up five hours before the race and sit in the parking lot." Dustin, Jared, I'm talking about you. Check phone for weather and then debate it over and over and over again. Uh, and buy 50-50 tickets. Turn, you take the next one there.
3: Uh, let's see. I I wasn't ready. For Robert it,
1: wasn't. Holman at 4:58 p.m. He says. There's always one person who is there as soon as the gates open and then goes and sits at the top of the bleachers for three (laughs) hours by himself. That does happen. That does happen. I like alleys, too, Turn.
3: Uh, Let's see. I I am not seeing these. Turn,
1: 4.58 p.m. Turn, it's chronological order here. 4.58 p.m. on the Late Model Live channel. Alley College. Okay,
3: okay. I found it. I found it. Uh, Complaining about
1: lower divisions.
3: Complaining about lower divisions. Uh, I mean... Yeah, that that probably happens a few times. Uh, uh, let's yeah, see. Here's yeah. uh,
2: here's go ahead, uh, go ahead.
3: let's see. Todd Turner says, reporting to uh, reporting to your friends which driver is pulling into the pits even though <laughs> it's a white hauler, and there was six white haulers that came in just before that one. So uh,
1: that's always a fun one. I love one. that one. Couple more. Uh, my favorite one actually. We'll end it with this. Dustin Jarrett said, I keep reading all of these and realizing I am a basic. <laughs> <being."> <laughs> That's my that was favorite. Good. So everybody go out and drink pumpkin spice lattes and bush lights tonight. You can be a racetrack basic B and a, a regular basic B. Turn. I could see Swath out on the deck during the World 100 feature on Saturday night. I was watching him a little bit. Hoping Bobby Pierce would rally that 32 car to the front because, as you'll recall from last week, Derek was 10 and 10 coming yes. into the week. A loss dropped him below 500 for the first time all season. We're talking January here. Does any part of you feel bad about the fact that Pierce did not win and he is now below 500? Any part of you? Let me think real hard here for a second.
3: <laughs> no, not not a single part of me feels bad for Derek. He So, <laughs> people who don't know Derek on a personal level. Uh, we know him on he, every personal yes, level. Yes, 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 yes. He enjoys bragging a lot. So... <laughs> When when I when I flip the tables here this weekend, or actually when uh, T Mac flipped the tables for me, no, no, I don't feel bad. Derek's
1: a bad loser. Let's yeah, just say yes. Der- <laughs> Derek is a bad loser, but he's got some shots left here. Let's see what he's got in Swabs Lock of the Week.
4: Swabs Lock of the Week. Oh boy, let it help, let it
0: help now. And they will take the win in the World 100. Timmy McCready does it.
2: Jordan Brady, Mr. October. D-Swab.
1: We all have one thing in common. That clutch gene, baby. This weekend, I'm taking my talents to Ohio for the Dirt Track World Championships. This lock took no time at all. I'm going with Brandon Shepard to pick up his third DTWC title. I got faith in little Sheppy
2: to get the job done. Let's get back to 500 so Turn can get that tattoo. And that's Swab's Lock of the Week. I can't it. Cause it's such an awesome day. I'm ready you go. have a good time. Oh my God. You you only got one life.
0: New one year, life. but the same old squad.
3: So give me the green to
1: There it is. Ten and eleven yes. in the hot box. Ten and eleven in tally time. Let's see, one, two. He's got about three or four picks left, I think, Turn, So he's, he's got a shot. It's not over yet. So don't, don't count your chickens before <laughs> they hatch. We've got more classic Dirt Track World Championship moments coming up after the break. Our final commercial on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Monalad.
0: Number one, their quality is second to none. Number two, their service is outstanding. And number three, they are on the leading edge of piston ring technology all the time. They supply rings to the best racers in motorsports, all levels.
1: chassis sells more late models than any other builder. Rocket has the largest stock of OEM parts in the late model industry, enough to keep you on track and not waiting weeks or months for your parts. Rocket is also the leader in repair service. With two jigs and an expert crew, Rocket can clip and repair faster than any other chassis builder. And with an experienced staff and a house car team on the road, their information and technology keeps them ahead of the competition rocket wins more prolifically than anyone from crates and supers to weekly regional or national it doesn't matter this is the winning team order your new rocket xr1 today and find yourself in victory lane the voodoo child reaches into the bag of
0: tricks Will he pull out a scholar? Will he pull out the first spot? 10 to go. Bab and
2: with trying to settle in between themselves. Muflis underneath Bab answers back. This time, here they come, and they're still not even touching each other side by side again. Five laps
3: to go.
0: Here comes
2: your leader off of quarter number four. He slides it up high.
0: Shit and bad for the ticket at the line. Bloomer second.
1: That Clint Smith third, too, two-turn, by the way. He snuck in there. <laughs> I've said it many times, there are certain events that have a feel to them, but none of them have more of a a genuine feel than the Dirt Track World Championship. It's something about October weather and the leaves and all of that. That was the 2006 DTWC Shannon Babb with an incredible run against Scott Bloomquist at the then Casey Raceway in Chillicothe, Ohio. We always have a ton of coverage of the World 100. You know that, but... A reminder this week to check out this piece that we absolutely love doing, the 30 views of the world. You see, these are all the 30 guys that made the World 100 this past weekend. We will have a soundbite from each and every one of them. That will be on the website on Wednesday, so check that out. Uh, and also, the, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. Turn, is today Tuesday? Oh, Today it's is, my play today my is in fact, Man. Tuesday. We've done it 76 times on Tuesday. You'd think I would know that. <laughs> also, a, a quick statistical breakdown of drivers and states for the World 100. Turn, toss that up real quick, too. Tennessee. Georgia, heavy Southeast representation, had four each. Illinois and Indiana with three. Iowa, Ohio, West Virginia, and Florida all had two guys make the race. Then Arkansas, Pennsylvania, New York, Texas, Tyler Erb, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, and Kentucky, all with a single driver to make the World 100. I always love looking at that. Yeah. I, New York only needed one, by the way, to win it, turn. Apparently. I just thought of a fun
3: game. Yes. We need to, sometime we need to try and name. All of the starters there
1: from just the states. Oh boy, um, it would be it would be okay. kind of difficult. Tim McCready, New York. Tyler Herb, Texas. Um, Arizona would have been Ricky Thornton. Kansas would have been Chase Younghands. God, there was one. Oh, Chilton, Kentucky. Yeah. Todd said that earlier. Um, no, I don't like this game because I'm not getting all the answers I, Im- immediately. <laughs> um, wow, that is that it's, is harder tough, than you yeah. think. Once you have to sit here and stare at it. Go back to the beginning, real quick. All right, I'll go back to the go, other back, one. To the, go back to the beginning. Tennessee, Bloomquist, Owens. Um, turn, I hate this game. It's stupid, and I don't want to play it anymore. <laughs> play it home, kids. Pause yep, it on the go. screen right now. And uh, turn, who are the Illinois drivers? Who are the three Illinois drivers? Uh, let's see. Brandon Shepard, Bobby Pierce, yep. and who was
3: our last one? It would have been, I don't think Bab made it. Or did he? I'm gonna have. See, I don't like this game either. It's the worst. It's the worst.
1: It is the worst. Uh, The third Illinois driver would have been, of course. Moyer was Arkansas, by the way. Yeah, uh, from earlier. Brian Shirley. Shirley didn't make the show. Twenty ninth in that Rocket XR1. Woo! See, play at home, folks. folks, Pause on there and see if you can do it by yourself. We got to end the show. Here we go. Uh, Five, five to go. Number five, Sonoya changed the format of this weekend's bonus series race, but it's still going to be good. Originally a ten thousand to win is now two separate shows: four thousand to win Friday, six thousand to win Saturday. That move won't change the car count or anything. In fact, I think it'll make it stronger. Shane Clanton was sporty at the World One Hundred; he was inside the top five before he got twelfth. I think he goes to these races with the Outlaws off, wins at least one of them. Good luck to Chris Telly, Sonoya, and everyone this weekend. Ray Cook in the Peach State. Number four, Delaware International Speedway closes their season out with the Delaware State Championships this weekend. Two-day show culminating with Saturday's 5,000 win. Every time I try to pick a Delaware race, I miss it. If I pick Ross Robinson, Amanda Whaley wins. If I pick Amanda Whaley, it's Ross Robinson. If I pick Austin Hubbard, one of the other two win. Screw it. Turn. I'm going with Ricky Elliott. (laughs) The hell with it. I'm I'm not going to pick any of them. But if you're in the area, check out the Delaware State Championships this weekend. Number three, four hours west of Delaware, is the Greater Cumberland Speedway. They're also having a two-day show this weekend, capped by Saturday's 3,000 win. Super late-model race. Turn, you're too young to remember this. This is the old Allegheny County Speedway, The Rock, tucked up against the hill, basically on the side of a cliff, this place. I offer no pick, but I say check out the artist formerly known as The Rock. Cool grandstand, too. This weekend, number two, they're still doing it up in Pennsylvania turn, Clinton County Speedway in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. And this race has not been on the books long, but should should draw some good P.A. guys unsanctioned. Five thousand to win. Boom Briggs. Right turn. Boom Briggs. Yeah. Boom by a Marlboro. He's cleaning up those Pennsylvania shows. Clinton County five grand on Saturday night. Thanks to DJ for those pictures, by the way. Number one to the deep south. Chatham, Louisiana, Chatham Speedway, two complete shows for the Louisiana Tour, 2,000 to win Friday, 8,000 to win Saturday, one of the last chances for guys in this region to get some super late model action, and I will go Cade Dillard, there he is in the 97 for the weekend sweep at the old Super B Speedway in Chatham turn, that was 5 to go, notice their turn Three tracks we did not have video of. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. We had to go to the old uh, picture generator there. The moving moving pictures. The moving pictures. Turn uh, light weekend. What do we got? We have three things.
3: DTWC at PRP. Because why? It's the place to be. There you go. Southern National Bonus Series at Sonoya, and we will also have unsanctioned from Delaware.
1: Yeah, busy weekend, or excuse me, not a super busy, yes, I, I turn, I know, you have to jump on me, you could have let me finish yeah. there. Not a super busy weekend out there as this season starts to wind down, but we do have some live pay-per-views yes, coming do. up. Uh, two weeks for us, two weeks, is that right? Two weeks, uh, two weekends from this coming yes. weekend. My goodness, uh, the World of Outlaws World Finals. We will be live All for the Dirt f- Roads. All Dirt Roads lean <laughs> to Charlotte. The World of Outlaws World Finals, November first, second, third. As we partner with Dirt Vision, we can do some more stuff with Dirt Vision next year too. It sounds like maybe uh, a little tease here, uh, turn some summer national stuff, uh, some more uh, Dirt Vision partnerings for us next yes. year. So It's, it's called enough. a tease. In it's the called business. it's called a tease in the business. Although I. I think I kind of told people a little bit of what we're doing, but anyway, yeah. uh, good to partner with the Dirt Vision folks again. Um, so we will uh, we will partner up with them. The weekend after that, the People's Race, the, the race for the people by the people, the National One Hundred at East Alabama Motor Speedway will be there. Turn also that finale now pays twenty five thousand dollars to win. That oh was announced this week. So five five twenty five. And then uh, Gateway, of course, is in yes. the month of November this year. The Dome, November twenty ninth through December first. And don't forget, if you have open wheel friends, midget friends. Tell them. There will be midgets in the dome this year racing. And I think there's going to be some big names this year. We're going to dip into the open wheel stuff for the first time in a long time. So check that out. In turn, you do the last one. Can you believe it's not that far away, buddy? Oh, my. Oh, my. The they, Wild West Shootout. The Kaiser Manufacturing's yes. Wild West Shootout, January 5th through the 6th, 9th, the 11th through the 13th. And let me just say this. This field is going to be as good as it's been in four or five years. Uh, we already know Bobby Pierce, Ricky Weiss, uh, Brandon Shepard, we know is coming back this year. He won the finale last year. Uh, Arizona's gonna be good this year. That will be early January live on DOD. Turn the Kevin Kovac oh notes Memorial section. section. Uh, Billy Moyer told our own Kevin Kovac, as you heard Todd Turner say, Turn, he's never coming back to Eldora. Uh, Turn, I'll believe it. Never... I'll
3: believe it when we pull into Eldora and he's not That's there. where we're at, right? Like I yeah. like
1: Billy Moyer and I have a pretty damn good connection. Until I do not see him pull through those gates, I can't. I don't want to believe it. I know. It'll be a sad day. Brandon Overton confirmed to Kovac as well that he's been talking to that Dunn-Benson team. Don't run or jump to conclusions there. They're talking to a few folks. Nothing more than that right now, but Brandon Overton did tell us he's talking to the Dunn-Benson team, and he's got a lot to think about in this offseason. I think uh, Cooter could not be a guy that ends up in that ride, but we'll find out after this weekend. Turn. If you couldn't be at the World 100, of course, you could watch it live. Mike Norris, announcer at Fairbury, could not return because he was in his brother's wedding, and turn, look at this. There they are at the wedding. Look at them all, Parrish and Derek's brother there, and all of them watching the World One Hundred on the phone. I love this from the John Norris wedding. There's Herzog and all those guys, uh, Mark Stevens. I love this photo. All these guys checking out the World One Hundred on their phone at the wedding. Uh, Lucas Oil may or may not release their schedule this weekend. They typically do that on Dirt Track weekend. Uh, Rick Swally's not exactly sure yet. Could be, could not be. Uh, no pressure. I mean, they, gotta, they seriously have a great schedule. They know they're going to have a ton of tracks back. Um, but there is one new date that I'm excited about, Turn. Now I'll, that's a tease. Now that is a tease. Uh, and I mentioned before, Arizona's shaping up really well. Keep an eye on that. Get this, turn. We only have two shows left The entire season. Oh, my. Next week, which Derek Kessinger will host. So this is my final time in the Kaiser Manufacturing Studios for the entire year. And then November 28th, we are live from the dome floor for the third straight year for a special dome edition of Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. But that's it. We roll into our best of stuff with Thanksgiving and the holidays and PRI in turn. It is time for Arizona after that. We're getting close, buddy. I know. Getting, hey, Turn, guess what? We're getting close to the season starting.
3: <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> uh, Derek Kessinger will be in this seat next week hosting for me, uh, for, for himself, for Turn, for everybody here at DirtOnDirt.com. It's been a great October, guys. We'll see you at Portsmouth this weekend for the DTWC. See you there.